Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. We will be monitoring the elections when the polls close. There's no point getting into them right now. People are voting, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and elsewhere, and we will be monitoring them. As soon as we get numbers, you'll get numbers. That's what we do here. We stay on top of these elections, and. Uh, We monitor a number of different sources to try and get it to you as quickly and as accurately as possible. Joe Biden, as you know, was in Buffalo today. And he really was stoking the flames. He really was stoking the flames. And I'm not going to play a lot of this, just a little bit of it, so you get a feel for it. But here we go. Cut one, go. What happened here is simple and straightforward. Terrorism. Terrorism. Domestic terrorism. Violence inflicted in the service of hate and the vicious thirst for power that defines one group of people being inherently inferior to any other group. A hate that through the media and politics, the Internet, has radicalized, angry, alienated, lost, and isolated individuals into falsely believing that they will be replaced, that's the word, replaced, by the other, by people who don't look like them, and who are, therefore, in a perverse ideology that they possess and being fed lesser beings. I and all of you reject the lie. I call on all Americans to reject the lie. And I condemn those who spread the lie for power, political gain, and for profit. It's just too bad, whether it's him or Obama, their media, 
that they have absolutely no compassion. Absolutely no compassion. They get into politics, they're trying to score points. This replacement theory, actually I was thinking about this, is mostly a replacement ideology. You see, there's a, there's a, a, a gap between the leadership of the Democrat Party and most Americans who are Democrats, just as there is on the Republican side, but particularly on the Democrat Party side. Joe Biden takes no responsibility for anything, including a wide-open border. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? Neither Joe Biden, nor his party, nor anybody else has explained in any rational or substantive way why that border is wide open. They won't tell us. Why is the border wide open? Why is it open to all comers, including people who commit felonies? Why is it open when they know what's going on in that border is anarchy, crime-ridden anarchy? When they know they're violating our immigration laws, which are very specific about who comes and who doesn't come and how people come. Why is the border wide open so drugs can flow into this country? Fentanyl and other drugs killing at a record pace, mostly young Americans. Sex trafficking on the southern border and elsewhere like we've never seen in this country before. Drug cartels getting placeholds in our major cities as a result, again, of the borders being wide open. Joe Biden and his party have effectively, effectively defunded the Border Patrol and ICE through the back door with their policies. And so over 2 million people have come into this country, more like 2.5 million, most of them illegally, and people are fed up with it. The vast majority of Americans, of all races, including Hispanics down on the border, Hispanic Americans have had enough of it. That's what the polls show. Are they white supremacists too? That doesn't mean you go out and start slaughtering people. I don't even understand this argument that tries to connect what took place in Buffalo to replacement theory. This killer, this mass murder, he went to an area of New York where he believed the concentration of black Americans was highest. Not illegal immigrants, not immigrants of any kind, black Americans, African Americans. And he goes there, and he goes in the grocery store, uh, store, and he slaughters 10 of them and wanted to slaughter more. What does that have to do with so-called replacement theory? Because he wrote about it? He mostly wrote about anti-Semitism. Did you read the so-called manifesto? And yet he didn't go into a synagogue 
There was another supremacist who did that in Pittsburgh. But this killer didn't. But why are they trying to tie replacement theory to a killer who goes to a place in New York with a heavy concentration of African-Americans and slaughters 10 of them, or I think two white people and eight black people. What does that have to do with replacement theory? And as I said, replacement theory is an ideology. It's being spread by the Lacrit movement, which is part of the CRT movement. It's being spread in our universities and colleges. It's all out there to read. It's in their scholarship. It was spread by Barack Obama and Joe Biden himself. And so he talks about politicians in the media. What he means is Fox talk radio and Republicans. The man who was a segregationist and a racist. Unbelievable. Cut uh, three, Mr. Producer. Three, go. White supremacy is a poison. It's a poison (laughs) running through our... It really is. Running through our body politic. White supremacy does not run through our body politic. And this is the problem. If every white person is a white supremacist, except if you're a left-wing Democrat, you water down, you even dumb down the phrase. It doesn't run through our body politic. It did at one point. Would the Democrat Party support a slavery and segregation and its consequences, Jim Crow, poll taxes, literacy texts, and on and on and on? But it doesn't run through our body politic today. Go ahead. Mr. and grow right in front of our eyes. No more. I mean, no more. What do you mean, no more, no more? What is it that you plan to do? What is it that you plan to do? You'll do nothing. You were in the Senate 36 years. You're a vice president for eight years. You've been in the Oval Office for over a year. What exactly have you done? Number one, to improve the lot of minorities in this country. And number two, to fight racism. Other than to engage in your hate speech. When it comes to a Republican legislature that takes steps that you don't agree with. Go ahead. need to say as clearly and force as we can that the ideology of white supremacy has no place in America. But we agree with this. So why do you impose critical race theory, Biden, on the federal government, on the military, and as much of the population as you can? which promotes the idea that this society is a white, racist, white, dominant society. Why do you promote that? If it upsets people, if it angers people, why do you promote that? And notice not a word 
Not a word today. He gets into this in front of these, these people who are suffering. Not a word today. That the mass murder aligned himself with national socialism. That the mass murder had nothing but contempt for conservatism. That the mass murder trashed Fox. Even identifying a number of Fox hosts and guests with the Star of David as Jews. Many of whom were not, by the way. So what Joe Biden is, is he's an exploiter. He's an opportunist. He has been his entire life. He doesn't unite the nation. He doesn't try to bring the nation together. He doesn't tell the truth when he's there in Buffalo. He avoids other mass murders or horror scenes if they don't fit the narrative. What a disgrace. So why did this white nationalist socialist hate conservatism and hate Fox? In specific, conservatism and Fox. Why is that? Is that interesting? Maybe because the propaganda from the rest of the media are absolute lies. That Fox promotes Americanism. Most of the people on Fox, most of the hosts, not extremism. Fox does not promote white supremacy. Fox promotes a colorblind society, even in its hiring. So why is it that this, this mass murder hated Fox? Because Fox supports the Constitution. And there are many patriots on Fox. If you're a white supremacist or a neo-Nazi, you hate this country. You want to take the country down just like the Marxists do. You hate the country. That's why he hates Fox. And hates conservatism. Because we love our country. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. 
saw one media outlet, I think it was NBC, if I'm not mistaken, but I could be, citing the Southern Poverty Law Center and Media Matters as sources. The discredited Southern Poverty Law Center and the Democrat front group Media Matters. Think about that. Because the media and the Democrat Party are tied at the hip. I want to give you another example. Here's Cut 12, a political reporter to Corinne jean Pierre on Air Force One today urges her to blame Fox News and the GOP for mass shootings. Cut 12, go. Yesterday, you were asked uh, a couple times about uh, whether or not certain commentators and media, whether or not certain members of the Republican Party as well, uh, should share some blame in amplifying replacement theory. It seems like the administration at this point is not calling out by name uh, some of those people that have, by fact, amplified that theory. Can you walk through the thinking of the president and the White House of why Barack this Obama is not- has amplified it? I'll mention a few. Joe Biden in the past has amplified it. The Democrat Party. Party has promoted it and amplified it. People on MSNBC and CNN have promoted it and amplified it. Scholars, so-called, experts, so-called, in our faculty with tenure, they've written treatises on it. Does that help you, pal? Go ahead. It's not effective to call them out, or do you feel that it's not effective? Will you call them out by name? So here we have a so-called reporter. Hat tip right scoop, who's insisting that the murder that took place in Buffalo be projected upon Fox News and hosts. This is sick. When the guy hated Fox News, hated Fox News and conservatives, go ahead. Oh, the people who spread uh, this filth uh, know who they are. Uh, and they should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, but I'm not going to give them or, or give them or, or their noxious ideas. They're pushing the attention that they desperately want. But you, you, you are a mouthpiece for one of them. Joe Biden, you're a mouthpiece for one of them. And still, this reporter, Politico, or none of them asks, why is the border wide open? What are you doing? And why are you doing this? What are you doing and why are you doing this? And when Obama used to bring up race as a reason to promote immigration, and Biden did the same thing, I was the one who kept saying on the air, why are you doing this? And why were they doing this? Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now, L-E-V-I-N, 
for Hillsdale.com. Mark Levin, tough as hell. That's why I like Mark Levin. And I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell. But I like him. I love him. Call in now. 877-381-3811. The great replacement ideology is indeed a policy of the Democrat Party. They have celebrated. They've spoken of it. Obama has. Biden has. Here's Liz Cheney. Liz Cheney is on a political kamikaze mission. Quote, she tweets, the House GOP leadership has enabled white nationalism, white supremacy, and anti-Semitism. I challenge Liz Cheney here and now, which Republican leaders have enabled white nationalism, white supremacy, and anti-Semitism. Isn't it amazing, folks? We actually have out-of-the-closet anti-Semites in Congress. Omar, Talib, Presley, Baker, AOC, I would argue they're all anti-Semites. And yet I don't remember Liz Cheney condemning them or the Democrat Party leadership for enabling them. So Liz Cheney is a narcissistic, self-righteous, political kamikaze. She likes the attention she's getting from the media. It'll even get worse in June when they have their hearings. But she makes these outrageous, outlandish statements. Elise Stefanik, they're trying to attack because Stefanik happily, thank goodness, replaced Cheney. She's an effective leader. Cheney was not. In September, they write, Stefanik ran an advertisement claiming that radical Democrats were planning to grant amnesty to 11 million illegal immigrants. will overthrow our current electorate and create a permanent liberal majority in Washington. Isn't that why the Democrats are doing this? Is there some other reason? Does anybody believe if people coming across the border illegally would potentially be Republicans, that the Democrat Party would support it? I mean, really. And she's right. To equate opposition to illegal immigration with Nazism and white supremacy is a desperate attempt to stoke outrage and avoid covering Joe Biden's border crisis. She's right. Stefanik's one member of the House. She's in leadership, but what is going on in the border? That's all Biden and the Democrat Party. And you know what? It's inhumane. People are dying. People are being sexually abused. Drugs are coming into this country. How many people have died as a result of the Democrat Party and Biden's great replacement ideology? I'm just wondering. And isn't it about time MSNBC and CNN, isn't it about time New York Times and Washington Post that we treat all people with respect, that we stop, you stop, promoting racism and start talking about Americans as Americans, red-blooded Americans all? Isn't it time you do that? No, they won't do it. New York Times has blood on its hands of millions and millions of people in the last century. 
millions from Ukraine and Stalin to the Third Reich, Germany to Castro and Cuba. Replacement theory. Chuck Schumer on the floor of the Senate today. This is a man who is detestable as they come. He threatened two Supreme Court justices for which he's never been punished. Then he tells his mob to go out and threaten the other justices, only the Republicans. Thinks that's a good idea since people protested his home. Well, federal law talks about the home of judges and justices, not your home, you moron. And then he blames MAGA Republicans and cable news pundits. Any cable news pundits on MSNBC? Scarborough? Maddow, Hayes, Sharpton, Reed, Cross, any of them? No, 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 he doesn't mean them. CNN, Lemon, Tapper, Blitzer, no, 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 none of them. How about the New York Times editorial page? No. How about the Washington Post? No. No. It's just Fox. And yet the mass murderer said he hates Fox. I may have missed it. Did he say he hated MSNBC, Mr. Producer? Did he say he hated CNN? Did he say he hated socialism? No. Conservatism. So he hates conservatism. He hates Fox. And the American media... Turned to Fox and American conservatives. They did the same damn thing in the Pittsburgh slaughter. With the slaughter of the Jews there. And then Biden and the Democrat Party ignore. The SUV driver. A black nationalist. A supporter of BLM. Doesn't fit the narrative of the Democrat Party. If you're going to call people out, call them out. I remember how long it took to explain how that, that poor gentleman, that Capitol Police officer, was murdered when a car drove into him and crushed him against one of those cement barriers. His wife wrote me and thanked me for telling the American people what took place. Another black nationalist. And look, I detest all this black, white, red. It plays into the hands of the kooks and the extremists and the radicals. And that's what the media in this country do. And they're still doing it. Replacement theory is an ideology that has been promoted by the critical race theory camp. It's been embraced by the Democrat Party and their media. And then you have a horrific murder scene like this. And they blame the very people that this mass murder hates. At least says he hates. It's very weird. It's very strange. And yet there it is. Unfortunately. You have Hakeem Jeffries who hopes to replace Nancy Pelosi one day. 
that the GOP needs to change course immediately on white supremacy. The GOP doesn't support white supremacy. Then you have this from Chuck Todd. Cut eight, Mr. Producer. Hat tip post millennial go. Look at the way the right tried to weaponize the idea that the, Depart- the DHS was going to essentially try and attempt to, to monitor hateful rhetoric. Right. right. They, they want to make it seem as if it's some sort of big brother. And it's like this is always what the right does to appease the white supremacist movement by saying, hey, free speech. Don't touch uh, speech. Yeah. What? What business are you in, you buffoon? What are you trying to concoct here? I need to break this down. Play it down one more time, please. Cut eight. Go. Look at the way the right tried to weaponize the idea that the, Depart- the DHS was going to essentially try and attempt to, to monitor hateful rhetoric. Right. right. They, they want to make it seem as if it's some sort of big brother. And it's like. This is always what the right does to appease the white supremacist movement by saying, hey, free speech. Don't touch speech. Uh, yeah. This is what the right does to appease the white supremacist movement, says free speech. What kind of marbles does this guy have in his head? What does he mean by the right? Constitutionalists who believe in the First Amendment? You dumb, you jackass. You familiar with the Skokie opinion from a very liberal Supreme Court that ruled that the Nazis had the right to march in the middle of a predominantly Jewish neighborhood outside of Chicago, Illinois? You remember that case, ladies and gentlemen? Were they right-wingers who decided that opinion? Should we have been protesting at their homes and trying to influence their decision? Right-wingers? You damn fool. Free speech. Remember the summer of 2020? Clowns like this telling us that rioting, assaulting, burglarizing, arson, even murder was peacefully protesting and protected, of course, under the First Amendment. So now if you defend the First Amendment and free speech... You're doing it, you're doing it to incite the white supremacists, to appease the white supremacists. This is the mindset on MSNBC and NBC. This is presumably why this guy has no audience and he's been downgraded. How stupid does it get? You think white supremacists believe in free speech any more than Marxists do? Any more than Black Lives Matter does? They're all anti-American. It's just terrible. Then we have Don Lemon on CNN yesterday. Cut 10, go. The racism, the literal physical building blocks of America will ultimately be its undoing if we don't face this. Not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. Meaning that you can do something. You can call it what it is. It's racist. It's racism. It is hate. Period. Call out the people who are trafficking in it right now without fear or favor. Without fear or favor? Your network. There, I called it out without fear or favor. 
Go ahead. Is responsible for this crime. But what is the responsibility to our society in terms of the hate flowing freely on websites and being laundered and mainstreamed on conservative media? What is the responsibility? So there you go. It's conservative media. Of course, CNN has no responsibility for anything. MSNBC, which has a conga line of racists as hosts, in my humble opinion. Not responsible for anything. This Supreme Court leak, the language that's being used, in no way provides a sick person with a basis for committing violence. No, 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 of course not. Of course not. People are sick and tired of this stuff. Being called white supremacists when they're not white supremacists. You want to call somebody a white supremacist who is... I'm 100% with you. You want to call somebody a black nationalist who is or separatist is? I'm 100% with you. 100%. That is, you want to call out the haters and the people who are, who are promoting violence? Let's do it. Let's do it. But how do you call them out without free speech, Mr. Producer? Where do we go to call them out? CNN? Is that a joke? The New York Times, is that a joke? I think it is. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, it's no secret that Americans are more divided than ever, and it's not just over what policies will improve our great country. No, it's over whether America is great at all, whether America deserves our love. That's why Imprimus, Hillsdale's Digest of Liberty, is so important. Imprimus looks at the issues of the day from a constitutional perspective, reminding citizens always of our great heritage of liberty. For 50 years, Imprimus has featured speeches given at Hillsdale events by the smartest conservative thinkers and writers. These days, Hillsdale publishes people like Victor Davis Hanson, Molly Hemingway, and Chris Rufo. Over 6.2 million American households and businesses receive Imprimus absolutely free, and I urge you to sign up for it today at absolutely no charge. I always look forward to receiving my copy of Imprimus. My friends at Hillsdale and I want you to have a free subscription as well. To get your free subscription, go to levinforhillsdale.com right now. L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Evil will not win, Biden says. But it is winning. When over 100 people are murdered last weekend. When there are parts of our country where people can't live in anymore, walk in anymore, shop in anymore, it's winning. And what's he doing about it? He says, evil will not win. What are you doing about it? There are racially motivated murders. Horrendous. Then there are murders that are not racially motivated. Horrendous. What's he doing about either of them, actually? Nothing. And he's not going to do anything about them. Talk about gun control and so forth and so on. You need to improve the family structure. You need to improve. You need to welcome faith. You need to improve public education. There's a lot of things that need to be done, and still it won't be perfect. It's impossible to get rid of all 
evil. But we sure as hell can do a better job of it. This speech today wasn't it. Not even close. I just hate to read and see these murder. It's just a terrible, terrible thing in this society. And then the body politic is utterly incapable of confronting these things in a way that brings a nation together in a way that tries, tries to effectively deal with as much of it as possible. There's so much more. And I'm glad to see this one thing. Republicans from American News. Republicans will subpoena Democrats over January 6th if they take a House majority. I've been talking about this for many months now. The only way to get to the bottom of what happened on January 6th is to begin at the top with the then Speaker of the House and to access her emails, her texts, her phone records, all documents, whether electronic or hard copy, and then to start deposing her under oath as well as the people around her. What did she do or didn't she do to protect the building on January 6th? Did she, why didn't she accept the National Guardsmen that were offered to her by President Trump? Why didn't she muscle up the Capitol Police and ask for more Metropolitan Police in Washington, D.C.? What did she say to her colleagues? That's how you get to the bottom of what happened on January 6th and how you ensure it doesn't happen again. Securing the building. Securing the building. The person in charge was Nancy Pelosi. So was Mitch McConnell, but I have no, no allusions to the fact that the Republicans in the House are not going to drag his sorry butt in front of their committee. But Nancy Pelosi, absolutely. And if she doesn't provide everything they demand, they should move to hold her in contempt and send her to jail. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. The polls in North Carolina close in 24 minutes. And the polls in Pennsylvania close in 54 minutes. And we will be watching. So you see, according to the Marxist left in the media and elsewhere, freedom of speech according to Chuck Todd, is used by the right. Is used by the right to give support or credence to the white supremacy movement. Freedom of speech, 
I see. So freedom of speech. And then, of course, there's other parts of the Bill of Rights they don't like, like the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. There's another part of the Bill of Rights they don't like, equal protection. What do you mean, Mark? I mean babies that aren't born. They hate the Constitution. They especially hate the Bill of Rights if it cannot be used to advance their ideology. That's who they are. And that's who the media are. Now I want to move on. Very, very important piece in the Dispatch by Andrea Stricker. Or it could be Stryker. Iran is in a position for a surprise nuclear breakout. Now, what does this mean? This is Iran's replacement theory. They want to replace Muslims with whom they disagree and Jews, of course, with their own ideology. That is, this sort of Islamo-Nazi ideology that's being imposed by that regime. Our nuclear program is advancing as planned and time is on our side, an unnamed Iranian official bluntly told Reuters on May 5th. Oil sales have doubled, noted Iranian President Ibrahim Raisi last Monday. In short, since the election of Joe Biden, Tehran has not only made impressive strides towards a nuclear weapon, but repaired much of the financial damage done by U.S. sanctions under President Trump. It's plain to see the clerical regime is in no rush to negotiate a revised nuclear deal. What's the hurry when both oil exports and enriched uranium stockpiles are surging? But the risk here is not just that Tehran keeps stalling. It is that protracted negotiations may provide cover for a nuclear breakout. That is the production of enough weapons-grade uranium for one or more bombs. I haven't heard a word about this from the Putinoids. Not a word. They say they're worried about nuclear war, but they never mention this. The Biden administration has a standard response when reporters ask why Iran is enriching Ukrainium to higher and higher levels or deploying more advanced centrifuges. It's all Donald Trump's fault. Tehran's provocation suggests an ongoing response to Trump's withdrawal from the 2015 nuclear deal, formerly known as the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. A bit of history shows this is a hollow excuse. Before Biden won the 2020 election, she writes, the clerical regime made cautious and incremental moves on the nuclear front. Sensing Biden's avid interest in restoring the deal, the regime in Tehran began to test him. Would he stay at the table and keep relaxing sanctions enforcement even as the clerical regime ramped up its nuclear program? Answer, he would. On the one hand, this was a sharp negotiating tactic. Nuclear advances or bargaining chips, Tehran can trade for American concessions. Yet taken together, these advances are also positioning Iran for a nuclear breakout. Ladies and gentlemen, nobody is talking about this but me. They'll start at some point. This is the way it works around here. They get caught up in their own puke. In January 2021, Iran reactivated its fortified underground enrichment plant at Fordow and began enriching uranium to 20% purity. 
That February, it added International Atomic Energy Agency monitoring, that's the U.N., at sites associated with certain nuclear infrastructure. Then, under a dubious civilian pretext, Iran produced uranium metal, a sensitive material used in the core of atomic bombs. In April 2021, Iran breached unofficial Western red lines by enriching uranium to 60%. Highly enriched uranium that, according to the Institute for Science and International Security, is itself technically usable in a crude nuclear weapon. Tehran did all this despite international safeguards at the above-ground Natanz pilot enrichment plant, essentially rubbing the act in the world's face and use centrifuge arrangements that look to experts like practice for a breakout. Now, by a breakout, what, the, what she means is one day we're going to wake up like they did with North Korea, and Iran's going to have a nuclear weapon. By December 2021, the regime had used for the first time hundreds of its fastest IR-6 centrifuges at Fordow, the likely model of choice for a sprint to nuclear weapons. Iran now possesses more than 2,200 advanced centrifuges compared to some 1,200 machines in 2015, at least 500 of which are the more productive IR-6 models. Iran also took steps to fortify its enrichment supply chain after alleged foreign sabotage. It relocated two centrifuge manufacturing assembly facilities underneath mountains one near the Nantans enrichment plants and another in a tunnel complex in Esfahan, where they are invulnerable to military strikes. Invulnerable. Since February 2021, UN inspectors have been unable to monitor how many advanced centrifuges Tehran has made, meaning the regime could be squirreling away untold quantities at a secret location. Maintaining such an inventory is critical since... Using existing enrichment uranium stocks, Iran will need only 650 IR-6 machines at a clandestine facility to enrich uranium to 90%. That's the ideal purity level for nuclear weapons. So all the necessary elements have aligned for the Islamic Republic to move for nuclear weapons. Reduced international monitoring. Substantially improved atomic assets that are increasingly hardened against aerial strikes. An absence of international penalties, a reviving economy, and brutal ultra-hardliners in charge of the government who might be eager to go nuclear. The help of China, Russia, the United Arab Emirates, and others who continue to buy goods and oil, albeit at a discount, might convince the regime that it can weather inevitable Western sanctions against a breakout. As part of its pre-2003 nuclear weapons program, known as the Ahmad Plan, Tehran sought to build an initial five nuclear weapons and develop the ability to conduct an underground demonstration test. And while it's unlikely that Iran would opt to demonstrate a crude nuclear weapon based on 60% enriched uranium, it has technically amassed enough of that material for one bomb already. Overall, the regime may have enough low-enriched and high-enriched uranium that it further enriched would yield sufficient material for five or more atomic weapons. Unhindered by the threat of American military intervention, Tehran might opt to cross the nuclear threshold.
And I would say, if not now, when? With Biden as president? And Blinken as Secretary of State and all the rest of these fools? Isn't it amazing? Nobody's talking about this. If Iran dashed a nuclear weapons, it would likely pursue weapons-grade enrichment in either a hidden facility or a known, heavily fortified one. It could obstruct the U.N. access to its declared facilities in Natanz and or Fardo and move existing enrichment uranium stocks from one or both to an undisclosed site. A clandestine enrichment plant might be at a military site and highly fortified against prying satellites and potentially airstrikes. The U.N. would sound an alarm about potential diversion, but Western powers may not have reliable information about the location of the hidden facility. Iran could also opt to centralize its enrichment uranium and so forth. Meanwhile, foreign powers would waver about what to do. The U.N. would convene meeting after meeting, demanding Iran grant the U.N. access to suspect sites. But gone are the days of unanimous U.N. Security Council action, such as that seen in response to North Korea's 2006 nuclear test or against the first revelation of Iran's clandestine enrichment program in 2002. In the end, a U.S. president could be left with the undesirable choice of conducting military strikes, possibly with Israeli help, or accepting a nuclear Iran. And it's going to be the latter, because Biden will accept a nuclear Iran. Then we're finished. President Biden can start and the path forward by declaring the nuclear talks dead. The deal never did more than postpone the inevitable reckoning. The deal loosens restrictions on Iranian enrichment starting in 2024, which already increased the risk of a breakout. Instead, the administration should announce it'll begin a zero-tolerance campaign of sanctioning state and private buyers of Iranian oil. The administration will need to alert the shipping industry that transporting Iran's oil will once again be subject to swift penalties. Next, Western powers must snap back into place the previous U.N. sanctions and resolutions. And when the U.N. next meets at the IAEA Board of Governors in June, Washington and its European allies should spearhead a resolution condemning Iran's nuclear advances. Washington must also reestablish a credible threat of military strikes using deep penetrating bombs should Iran attempt to divert nuclear assets. The Islamic Republic's international language is aggression, expansion, and provocation which can only be countered via pressure, containment, and deterrence. It's time the Biden administration, except that its policies have not worked, the president must turn the tables before Iran goes too far. Andrea Stricker, Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. Biden will do none of it. Now, the putinoids out there. Are you concerned about nuclear war? You keep saying you are. The more Ukraine... Looks like it's going to defeat Putin and his military. Then why aren't you denouncing Iran? And why aren't you even discussing this? And why don't you support taking action before they get a nuclear weapon? Because that clearly is their intention. And yet if we took the steps that Ms. Strecker recommends, you would be attacking, attacking the United States for doing exactly that. You would call us provocateurs. 
Never thought I'd see the day, ladies and gentlemen, when being American first, according to these people, means allowing enemies who threaten to destroy us to get nuclear weapons. Then there's the after-fact reports. What happened? Didn't anybody tell us? Why didn't we do something about this? Mm Mm-hmm. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. You know, folks, our enemies, whether they be in Iran, China, Russia, wherever, You see, they don't see white Americans and black Americans and brown Americans and yellow Americans and red Americans. They see Americans. And they hate us. And some of them wish to destroy us. By one means or another. And so when we have a political party in this country and an ideology in this country that seeks to destroy our foundational principles, whether they be neo-Nazis or Marxists. It's extraordinarily difficult to survive it. We can't win every single election. That's why we have this magnificent constitutional system. We're not a democracy. We're not a parliament. We're a constitutional representative Republic. We're republic. Democracies are a disaster. Why? Because they can lead to mob rule. Republics are what create individual liberty. You have unalienable rights. Those unalienable rights don't exist because somebody voted for them, that you got a majority or even a plurality to support them. They're called unalienable rights. They're yours because you're a human being. They're God-given, no matter where you are, no matter who you are. Natural law, natural rights, what's all that stuff mean? Well, a A nominee to be on the Supreme Court just said she takes no position on this. In other words, she takes no position on the Declaration of Independence. Natural rights are the rights you have. 
as a result of being an individual human being. They're not granted to you by any government, by any vote. They belong to you. And this is the huge difference between republicanism and so-called democracy. We have a Bill of Rights. People don't get to vote on your Bill of Rights, that is, on your, on your rights under our Constitution. If they did, you'd lose most of them. So you can have tyranny by the mob, and you can have tyranny by the few. And the Constitution is set up to avoid and prevent both. Both. So when you have somebody like Chuck Todd say, freedom of speech is used to do blah, 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 and and the right, the right doesn't, they use free speech really to, uh, to signal their white supremacist friends or something like that. It's so insane. Here's a guy in the media. If free speech isn't protected, then why is freedom of the press protected? They're in the same damn amendment. We have ideologues in the media who are stupid as hell. Racist. Bigoted. They hate the country. They align with a single party. That's what we have. A republic has difficulty surviving also if it doesn't have a truly free press. Instead, we have these major corporations that own all these platforms. And so they are immune. They are immune financially from good ratings or bad ratings or whatever it is. And so these extremists have platforms. Now, why do these corporatists do it? Because they agree with them. Came out of the same schools. Indoctrinated in the same ideology. I'll be right back. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. The Mark Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. My question continues to be, why is the southern border wide open? And why does Joe Biden want to make it worse? By eliminating that Rule 42. Title 42. Why does he want it open and why does he want to make it worse? Can somebody please tell me? Mr. Call Screener, if we have a Biden supporter who can tell us why that's the case, we'd love to hear it. 
and the polls in Chicago have closed. Chicago. In North Carolina have closed. And guess what? We don't know a damn thing yet. And we're not going to pretend that we do until we do. Baby formula. It's amazing, isn't it? Politico. FDA and Abbott reached deal to reopen shuttered infraformula plant. Biden administration also released plans to ease strict import rules on infant formula from overseas amid shortages. So we talked about this the other day, right? That they won't allow formula in the country from the European Union, which actually in some respects has stricter requirements than here in the United States. And that the FDA had its foot on the throat of Abbott and wouldn't let them really effectively produce more infant formula, even though... An investigation determined that four toddlers who got ill, two who died, that it had nothing to do with Abbott and their production facilities. Now look how easily this was fixed, or is being fixed. It's still going to take weeks, but you get my point. First, Biden says he's not a mind reader, and first of all, you have to have a mind to read. But that said, we talked about these two issues before. Let Abbott produce, let Abbott produce and import infant formula from Europe. Guess what? Abbott Nutrition, the infant formula manufacturer at the center of nationwide shortages. This is how Politico writes. You need to understand Politico is a lousy, dishonest, left-wing hack propaganda mill. With all due respect. So that's how they write their sentences. Meredith Lee. The infant formula processing plants in Sturgis, Michigan, were shut down in February. And several brands recalled after the FDA opened an investigation into a bacterial outbreak at the facility. There wasn't a bacterial outbreak at the facility. As Politico reported, a whistleblower flagged concerns last October about food safety violations at the Michigan Abbott plant to senior FDA officials. Four infants who became ill triggered the FDA investigation. Two babies died. And they leave it at that. They're not able to link these deaths to Abbott, but they just leave it at that. That's the way it works. The FDA confirmed the deal subject to court approval in a statement saying Abbott had agreed to take corrective actions after an FDA inspection of the Michigan plant. The agency said infant formula products at the plant had been adulterated because they were made under insanitary conditions in a violation of current good mark manufacturing practice requirements. Now, before all this, Abbott had denied it. But I guess if you want to get back to business you got to bend over backwards for the federal government. Abbott said they can restart the site within two weeks. Product could be back on shelves in six to eight weeks. So I guess your babies just have to wait. Administration officials have cautioned it could take months for any Abbott formula from the plant to reach consumers. Abbott said it will continue to import formula from its FDA-registered facility in Ireland. And so, as I said, I talked about import restrictions uh, the other night. And so now they're going to lift, at least in substantial part, they claim these import restrictions. And then they'll claim credit. They'll celebrate. 
how fantastic they have been. That is the Biden administration, the FDA, when in fact they uh, significantly contributed to causing the shortage in this problem. Big way, as a matter of fact. Michelle Obama says overturning Roe will destroy health care for women. You know, Michelle Obama says some of the most stupid things, and yet nobody's allowed to criticize her. I guess I just did. Michelle Obama turned head Saturday with a unique spelling of the word women on social media. Oh, this will be cool. In a long post to Instagram expressing her concern about the possibility of the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade, the former First Lady shared a post with women spelled as W-O-M-X-N. Say what? W-O-M-X-N. Boy, has everybody gone stupid? State lawmakers will have the power to strip W-O-M-X-N of the right to make decisions about their bodies and their health care, the post reads. The spelling is a recent trend used by progressives, a.k.a. Marxists, who claim that the words woman and women have troubling patriarchal roots. (laughs) Because it has man and men in it. So they put X in it? How do you even pronounce that? How stupid is this? Obama went on to detail she feels about the Supreme Court leak suggesting the loss of federal abortion protections. It's been a tough couple of weeks since we saw the leaked SCOTUS draft opinion on abortion, she said. If it comes to pass, we may soon live in a country where millions of women, not to mention our children and grandchildren, lose the right to make decisions about their bodies and their health. How so? You can get an abortion if you want an abortion. So how how are you going to lose the right to make decisions about your body and your health? The Supreme Court didn't outlaw abortion. Even if that has to do with her. Notice she doesn't say she wants exceptions for the health of the mother. Just if you have a body, that's good enough. And notice she'll never engage on the issue of partial birth abortion, ever, never. And she included in her message a call to action, but we don't have to stand idly by while others try to turn back the clock on progress. So abortion is progress. I would love, because it would turn things around, I would love PBS, the pubic broadcasting system or the discovery channel or any of these channels just once to do a documentary on partial birth abortion without censoring anything because Michelle says it's just about a woman's body and health well if that's the case what's the problem If that's all that's at stake, and I say this over and over again to you every night, if that's all that's at stake, why not show us in graphic detail what goes on? Because it's not a baby. The fact that it has DNA, toes, fingers, hands, feet, legs, eyes, mouth, nose, ears, a head, of course, and the fact that it it feels pain, and the fact that we know this from the science, 
apparently has no impact on Michelle Obama. None whatsoever. She's heartless. Cold-blooded. She acts like there aren't two people involved in this. And she's tweeting away. No criticism, of course. That this is simply an attack on women, don't you understand? Like no females ever aborted. Seems to me that's an attack. New York Post audit finds half of Joe Biden's Twitter followers are fake. At least half of Biden's 22.2 million Twitter followers are bogus, a new audit revealed. The audit, which was done for the social media giant by software firm SparkToro, found 49.3% of Biden's followers are fake followers, according to Newsweek. SparkToro has defined fake followers as accounts that are unreachable and will not see the account's tweets. Tesla CEO Elon Musk, who's currently attempting to buy Twitter, has rightly expressed concern over the growing number of fake accounts and proposed a potential crackdown on the sham accounts. Musk said he believes that 20% of all Twitter accounts are fake and vowed not to go through with his 44 They have million-dollar purchase, billion-dollar purchase of the social media giant until the issue is resolved. He said, my offer was based on Twitter's SEC filings being accurate, Musk said. Yesterday, Twitter's CEO publicly refused to show proof of a 5%, just a 5% uh, fake account number. This deal cannot move forward until he does. So he won't even show proof that it's 5%. Current Twitter CEO, Palaz Agala, fired back at the world's richest man, saying that the digital giant suspends over half a million spam accounts every day and locks at several millions of accounts they suspect might be spam. Well, then show them. Show them. Spark Toro used the same audit on Musk himself and found that nearly 70.2% of Musk's 93.3 million Twitter followers were fake. Well, why don't they use them on my account? Because I think almost all of mine are real, Mr. Producer. North Carolina's polls are closed. No results in that matter right now. Pennsylvania's polls close in 14 minutes. I'll be right back. Mark in. Stop paying for Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile social initiatives. Stop paying for their thousands of retail stores across the country that you never go to. Stop paying for their added perks that you never use. Pure Talk doesn't charge you for any of that garbage. Instead, they give you excellent 5G coverage on the same 5G network as one of those big guys. For half the cost, the average family saving over $800 a year. Now, I made the switch, and it's the best decision you'll ever make. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get great deals on a new phone, like a Samsung Galaxy 5G for less than $2 a month. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. Or choose unlimited data, and you'll still save a fortune. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. 
Well, we have 25% of the expected vote in in North Carolina in the Republican primary. And Ted Budd has a massive lead over Pat McGrory, the former governor, and Congressman Mark Walker. Congressman Ted Budd has 55.9% of the vote. Former Governor Pat McGrory is 27.4% of the vote. Congressman Mark Walker is 9.1% of the vote. Those are the three top. So Ted Budd has a massive lead. It's almost 30 points. Ted Budd was endorsed by Donald Trump. Ted Budd was endorsed by me. He was the most conservative candidate in the, in the race, in my opinion. So, uh... I don't think there's any likelihood that that's going to be reversed. But we shall wait. And I'm looking at all the counties. And all the counties are reporting except for a couple of small ones. Uh, But not 100%. But fairly quickly. In the Democrat side, let's see what we got here. Nobody cares here, but I'm curious. Um, Looks like... Beasley is already the projected winner. And uh, does it look like they're calling Bud the projected winner, Mr. Producer? So they just did it. So Bud, Ted Bud, is the projected winner, the Republican primary for the United States Senate in the state of North Carolina. And... Um, He was endorsed by Trump, as I said. He was also endorsed by us. Uh, After I spoke with him at some length, I just decided he was the right guy. The Democrat, Sherry Beasley, is the former Chief Justice of the North Carolina Supreme Court. And she is the Democrat Party nominee. So there you have it. That's what's going to happen at that level anyway. In... uh, In North Carolina, there's other races to watch there uh, if you're from North Carolina. And we'll be keeping an eye on Pennsylvania. Let's hope Pennsylvania goes as smoothly as North Carolina. But the Democrats really do create problems in the state of Pennsylvania. Whether people want to hear it or not, it's true. And mostly out of Philadelphia, which has a very corrupt election process. So time will tell. Amen to that. In the Wall Street Journal, as opposed to Michelle Obama's nonsense on Twitter, there is a very liberal law professor who has enough intellectual integrity and honesty to call it the right way. His name is Akil Reed Amar. He's really quite well known. And he wrote about the end of Roe versus Wade in the Wall Street Journal. For a constitutional scholar and pro-choice Democrat... There are reasons to endorse the leaked draft opinion overturning the 1973 abortion decision and to see it as a vindication for a range of liberal priorities. That's not the way Michelle Obama sees it. We know that she is a top-notch lawyer. Oh, she's not a lawyer. Well, doesn't really matter, I guess, does it? But all this debate over Roe versus Wade, to me... Misses the point. The Democrats are not promoting Roe versus Wade. They're promoting the language. They're promoting abortion on demand right up to the last second. Roe versus Wade doesn't do that. Casey, the subsequent decision, doesn't do that. No decision does that. 
When we come back, the Pennsylvania polls will have closed. We'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Ladies and gentlemen, the U.S. Constitution authorizes two forms of legitimate money, gold and silver. But our government abandoned gold and silver over 50 years ago. Meanwhile, gold and silver prices have skyrocketed over the last year amid growing political and economic uncertainty. Experts say precious metal prices are headed much higher in the months and years ahead. So to help protect my listeners, Swiss America has a very special offer. Silver walking Liberty half dollars at the amazingly low price of $12.50 each delivered. You heard me right, $12.50 by calling now, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492. Silver walking Liberty half dollars for just $12.50 each delivered while supplies last, 800-630-1492, 800-630-1492. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Hour three, our power hour. I'm Mark Levin. Our number is 877 One of the reasons we're able to get results so quickly in North Carolina is they, they're counting ballots or they're counting votes during the course of the day as they come in. Florida does the same thing. I think it's a very, very good process. Pennsylvania does not. Pennsylvania waits till voting is over to start counting. Now, when I was a young guy, 13, 14 years old, working the precincts for my candidates and my party, I remember all this. And uh, they would sit down, both parties and the judge of elections. It was all very simple and well done. We actually did it machines. They weren't really electronic machines, I guess in some ways they were, but you would flip the switches uh, there wasn't software. They would actually um, uh, indent the uh, the roll of paper, whatever it was, behind it. So they were, in effect, paper ballots, but done in a different way, and it worked very, very well. And uh, at the end of the day, when we ended voting at 8 at night, uh, I was always there at 6 in the morning at 8 at night. Uh, we had uh, We had our numbers. And they were called into the state, and that was that. 
with everybody watching. Nothing complicated. No drop boxes. Not a massive amount of early voting. There was no early voting, as I recall. None. And there were absentee ballots, and everybody seemed to be fine. Then the Democrats destroyed the whole damn thing. They want to destroy more. They're very, very destructive. Very dangerous party. So we have 1% of the vote in Pennsylvania, and that's not worth anything because it's a very diverse state, very large state, has a significant population. So we shall wait, see how things go. Uh, President Trump has endorsed uh, Mehmet Oz. A lot of people have endorsed Dave McCormick, a few people, Kathy Barnett. Uh, I'm quite worried about her should she be nominated given all of her past statements and tweets and the rest and you know when you're duking it out with the other side they're going to exploit all that stuff so it's problematic we have a gentleman by the name of Steve I believe WPHT Philadelphia station he's listening in Delaware is that correct Mr. Producer oh he's listening in Philly okay let's go Steve how are you hello are you there, Steve? He's left us, Mr. Producer. Should we put it on hold and see if he comes back? Let's get another caller in here while we're at it then. See if the system is working. Hello? Robert in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, a trucker. How are you, sir? We need the call letters as well, guys. Okay, can you lower your... All right, that's enough. I'm not... uh, I can't take it right now. Lower your radio when you're on hold and try to be at the phone so when we go to you, you're available. Otherwise, I'm moving on. I don't think so. All right. Las Vegas, Nevada. Clark County School Board meeting. A mother gets up. She says, I want to read to you an assignment you gave my 15-year-old daughter. And it's so pornographic that the school board shuts her down. Cut 15, hat tip, libs, liberals of TikTok, go. I'm going to read you an assignment given to my 15-year-old daughter at a local high school. This will be horrifying for me to read to you, but that will give you perspective on how she must have felt when her teacher required her to memorize this and to act it out in front of her entire class. I don't love you. It's not you. It's just, I don't like your dick or any dick in that case. I cheated, Joe. I'm sorry. This is propaganda. Forgive me. Excuse me. Excuse me. I, I don't. Thank you so much for your, thank you for your uh, comment. Forgive me. I, we're not using profanity. Are you? Okay. That's relevant. I should talk Okay. The teacher required my daughter to read, memorize this, and read this pornographic material. Excuse me. Please don't engage with the audience. Okay. Uh, So please continue your public comment. Your your time is. You've got one one minute and nineteen seconds. Um, I ask you simply. This is a public meeting. I ask for decorum, um, and I'm asking, Dr. Jara. Thank you so much, Dr. Jara. If you don't want me to read it to you, what was that like for my 15-year-old daughter to have to memorize pornographic material and um, and memorize it and portray 
and they cut her mic off. Then they cut her mic off. Isn't that fantastic? Fairfax, Virginia, the largest county in the state of Virginia, Fairfax, Virginia schools may expel elementary students for misgendering people. This is in The Federalist by Laura Bryant Hanford. For those who scoff that Florida's new education law bans non-existent gender indoctrination, let the tale of Fairfax County, Virginia serve as a wake-up call. Its school board has long prided itself on leading the way for the nation in cutting-edge education policy and curriculum. As the 10th largest district in America, it holds disproportionate sway over other school boards. In 2015, the Fairfax School Board blindsided parents with changes to its non-discrimination policy, followed by a sweeping expansion of the sex ed curriculum. Oh, they're so, quote-unquote, democratic. Uh, And new rules governing student offenses and penalties. This is not an isolated policy. Wisconsin, three middle schoolers have been accused of sexual harassment for using biologically accurate pronouns to refer to a fellow student. Fairfax's proposed changes, set to be approved on May 26 next week, have hit a new low, legally meaningless offenses such as malicious misgendering, quote-unquote, and, quote, outing related to gender identification, quote, would now be punishable by up to a level four sanction. It's the last level before penalties for drug dealing, rape, and homicide. Level four is the punishment meted out for assault and battery, drug consumption, theft, and arson. These penalties may be applied even to kindergartners and include at their worst expulsion at the behest of the school board, which is Democrat hack controlled. This barrage of ideological punishment is accompanied by the school board's sex ed committee's latest unanimous April 2022 vote to move instruction on gender identity down to elementary school. This puts the Fairfax school system entirely out of step with the Virginia state standards of learning on family life education, a.k.a. sex ed. But this is nothing new. In 2015, Fairfax School Board proposed moving instruction on gender fluidity and identity down to the middle school from high school, swelling sweeping expansions of the sex ed curriculum on gender and sexuality. The board and superintendent claimed they were required to make these changes in order to align with new Virginia standards of learning. The Fairfax School Board continued to steamroll families in 2018 when it voted against overwhelming community input to change the terminology of of biological sex to sex assigned at birth. The 2019 blue wave in Virginia, when national LGBTQ advocacy groups, including the Human Rights Campaign and the Victory Fund, poured millions of dollars into our local races, resulted in further erosion of parental rights in Fairfax County. The new transgender policy establishes a comprehensive multidisciplinary support and gender transition team for Fairfax County students. I'm reading this to you because it potentially impacts all of your school districts. This team can be formed and operate in secret without the parents ever being made aware. The policy dictates that parents may be involved in a child's gender transition team, quote, 
if the student is willing, unquote. And it further stipulates that a persistent refusal to use a student's chosen name and pronouns constitutes discrimination, quote unquote. Again, a sanctionable offense for students and teachers alike. At the state level, Fairfax ideologues are backstopped by their close ally in Richmond, the Senate Education Committee. Powerful members like State Senator Janet Howe. This lady's been a state senator forever. A completely radical hack Democrat. Who twice has used her election committee seat to gerrymander opponents out of her district during her campaigns. Treat parents and students alike with staggering arrogance. And that committee is notorious as the graveyard of bills promoting curriculum transparency and accountability. The Fairfax School Board over the last several years constitute an ideological and dangerous overhaul of policy, curriculum, standards that have little to no basis in law, but threaten to harm children. For those who look at Florida and say, but no one is teaching these things in kindergarten... Let Fairfax County, the 10th biggest in the country in terms of its public school system, be a cautionary tale. Our school board not only plans to teach them, but to expel the pint-sized criminals who might resist. When I first moved to Virginia some 40 years ago and entered the Reagan administration, actually 41 or two years ago, I guess, Fairfax County was a marginally Republican county where the Republicans had control of the school board and the board of supervisors. It was a well-run county. People wanted to live there. Now the Democrats control the damn thing. And it is the tail that wags the dog in elections. It is the tail that wags the dog, the whole state, in elections. In Fairfax, Arlington County, Prince William County, Loudoun County, and one or two more, These form the Democrat base with a couple other counties throughout the state, but these are the big population centers where all the bureaucrats live, where many of the immigrants live, where a hell of a lot of Democrats live who've moved from Washington, D.C. and Maryland into this area and have control of the state until Glenn Youngkin came along. Until Yunkin came along and the parents rose up and said enough is enough. Wait until that first kindergartner is expelled from school for calling Sally, Sally instead of Sam. And wait, that'll be on that kid's record for the rest of time. These people don't love children. They don't believe in children, whether it's abortion, whether it's mass, whether it's vaccines, whether it's this crap. They view them as a, as a way to get paid, the educational bureaucrats. I'll be right back. Mark in. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Let's give it a shot now. Robert Lancaster, Pennsylvania, the great WPHT. How are you, sir? Fine, sir. How are you, Mark? Very well, thank you. Pleasure to talk with you. I uh, actually grew up in Laurel, Maryland, and that was... You said it before is WGAL, correct? And uh, at any rate, one thing I write on the back of my really trail, WMAL, but that's all right. Well, MAL was right down the street, yes, sir. But my dad worked in DC, so WGAL is what I listened to as a kid. And so I write my trailer doors with a sharpie. Is you know, Biden, you can delegate authority, but not responsibility. Mm. You know, and unless we forget the Jeffy Smollett story, I don't want to get too far off the tangent. But as a trucker, there's times, and people never talk about it, I pick up in the state of Ohio in a frozen container where the fetuses stacked like cordwood. And after I found out what was going on, I refused to haul it anymore. But the back-end money that no one ever wants to talk about that was shipped overseas, well, I come to find out that the fetuses, which were frozen, minus 20 degrees, Anywhere between five and twenty thousand dollars, basically broke down a piece for a trailer load. What was considered in there? Eight hundred and sixty fetuses were put in that trailer, and I refused after the second time to find out it's undescribed. What do they do with them? I, I, I got research. I, I, I don't. They were going overseas. They're overseas containers, and I found it appalling and disgusting. And and I refused after that to. Uh, oh, was and what happened to you? What. They, uh, yeah, take them back to the port and they get on a ship and go, you know, back to China, I guess. I, I you know, there was, mm. but I always wondered what happened in that scenario. I was like, mm. what, I mean, what do they do? I was off the main boulevard. Uh, they have a lot of clogs in the, uh, sewer system. I mean, that's disgusting thought, but it's like, you know, the byproduct. I, it's even it, it, it is amazing how little we know about all this, isn't it, sir? Isn't it, Robert? It's amazing how little we know about that. How amazing the American people are are prevented from knowing partial birth abortion, actually seeing it on television, showing the American people that it is a human baby, it's a human being, and how disgusting it is to do what's done to that baby. And that's what the Democrats voted for. That's what Michelle Obama and others have promoted and argued for. They don't argue for any limitations. She didn't post any limits. The Democrat Party didn't vote for any limits, none whatsoever. Roe versus Wade provides limits. They don't even support Roe versus Wade. That's how radicalized they have become. This is how awful this ideology is when it comes to fellow human beings. And it would be interesting to have a series of programs, documentaries. What happens to these bodies after they're removed? Where do they go? How are they sold? Do they go to other countries? You talk potentially experiments are done. or What exactly is done with these babies? There's millions and millions and millions of them over the years. I've often wondered this. Robert, thank you for your call, my friend. I appreciate it. There's a lot the media won't tell us because their narrative is their narrative. For example, I've said this before. Where are all these illegal aliens? Where are they living? What are their jobs? 
How do they survive? Where are they going to school? How are they getting medicine? What is the impact in all these communities? There's no stories. Instead, it's Trump and Trump, and we got to get Trump, and if we don't get Trump, I got dictator Trump. Where are all the stories? Where are all the congressional hearings? Nobody wants to know? No, because when you dehumanize these babies, everything I just told you will demonstrate that they're human beings. And when it comes to illegal aliens, if we're actually able to track where they are and where they're going, I think people will be very upset of the impact that it has and so forth. Only 4% of the vote in in Pennsylvania, the Republican primary. It's a big state. It's got a lot of counties. So far, McCormick is leading Oz. Oz is leading Barnett. But we shall see. And I'll be right back. This is the Ministry of Truth. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now. 877-381-3811. All right. Boy, this show goes fast, I think. Like I said, we need a fourth. Maybe a fifth. 3% of the vote in in Pennsylvania. I hesitate to say this, but it's 3% of the vote. Dave McCormick has 33.5%. I don't hesitate because he's Lee. I hesitate because it's such a low number. Mehmet Oz has 22%. Kathy Barnett is 20.3%. And the others are following uh, up the rear, I guess. Let's see here. Well, that's what we have. On the Democrat side, John Fetterman, 51.5%, and Connor Lamb, 32.9%. That's where that is right now. While we're on the issue of education, just the news. State medical boards urge punishment, reduction for doctors spreading COVID misinformation. Huh? Co-sponsor of U.S. medical licensing examination arguably promotes outdated view of mask efficacy. A new study of CO2 concentration in masks may further erode its position. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, how long have I been talking about that, inhaling your own CO2? State medical boards wary of micromanaging what doctors can say about COVID-19, from the utility of masks to treatments such as Envermycin. Now have to contend with their national organization, the Federation of State Medical Boards. I wonder if it's like the National School Board Association which co-sponsors the U.S. Medical Licensing Exam, approved an ethics committee report on, quote, misinformation and disinformation, unquote, at its annual meeting. You notice how this is catching on? These boards of misinformation and disinformation? Maybe I ought to create one right here, Mr. Producer, to impose on the left. It urges the group's members to add explicit policies to clarify expectations about what doctors can say and do related to COVID, citing, quote, the increased prevalence of and harm caused by physician-disseminated misinformation in this ongoing pandemic, unquote. The state-level effort parallels the Department of Homeland Security's Disinformation Governance Board that we're well aware of. I mean, I can't even believe I'm saying these things. Now, this report could leave doctors guessing as to how they can deviate from government narratives by, for example, telling patients about emergency heart problems tied to COVID vaccines among Israelis 16 to 39 without triggering an investigation of the doctor. 
The report, see, all of this is intended to do what? To impose conformity. Which does what? It reduces the ability of people to think for themselves, the competition of ideas, and real science. Doctors could also cite a plausible basis in theory for their views if they don't have evidence. They have to do clinical trials that have to be peer-reviewed journals. While state boards should not be dissuaded by possible First Amendment challenges by doctors targeted for, for sanction, this board report encourages them to consider re- re-education through conversation and so forth. Of course, we need re-education. We just need, like, re-education camps. Let's get it over with, right? Now, the view of masks may face another challenge from Italian researchers who studied carbon dioxide buildup in masks and published their results last week as a preprint, meaning it hasn't been peer-reviewed. Seeking to cure deficiencies in prior research, including a peer-reviewed German study that was later retracted, the researchers used professional real-time capnography with water removal tubing to measure CO2 levels while wearing no mask, surgical mask, and FFFP2 respirators, which are comparable to N95. They recruited 102 healthy volunteers in Italy's Ferrara provinces, 10 to 90 years old, who sat and breathed through their nose for 10 minutes in each state. The mean inhale air CO2 without masks was 458 parts per million, while the mean hit nearly 5,000 parts per million with surgical masks. The highest concentrations, this is of carbon dioxide, were found in the respirators. Miners showed the highest concentrations by age group, which meant 6,439 ppm for surgical, 12,800... What are we getting at here? High concentrations of CO2 in the masks being inhaled. Significantly associated, they said, with faster breathing in both both sorts of masks. So I have always been concerned if carbon dioxide is bad for you, if it's a pollutant or whatever. You're inhaling it in an intense level, at a massive level. When you're wearing a mask, it's your own carbon dioxide. That's problematic. 4% of the vote in Pennsylvania, McCormick 32.1%, it's tightening up. Oz 22.1%, Barrett 19.4%. What, nobody wrote me in, Mr. Producer. Very disappointing. And then, as we continue on our medical and schooling uh, issue here, Daily Mail. At least 39 of America's 50 most prestigious medical schools, including USC and Brown, exposed for having mandatory critical race theory training in their curriculums. They also do this at the University of Virginia and so many of these other medical institutions. Now this was uncovered uh, by the uh, Legal Insurrection website, fantastic website. 
Some of the schools listed in the study include Harvard Medical School, Stanford University School of Medicine, University of Virginia Medical School, the Warren Albert Medical School, the Brown University. Of those same 50 medical schools, the website found at least 28 have mandatory trainings for faculty and staff related to critical race theory. <clears throat> now, criticalrace.org, which is also in Chapter 7 of American Marxism, is a part of the Legal Insurrection Foundation. And that's run by its founder and great professor, William A. Jacobson, Bill Jacobson. The national alarm should be sounding over the racialization of medical school education, he said. The swiftness and depth to which race-focused social justice education has penetrated medical schools. Medical schools reflects the broader disturbing trends in higher education. Jacobson, a professor at Cornell Law. The medical schools looked at by criticalrace.org were based on the U.S. News ranking of top medical schools, 39 of the top 50, as some form of mandatory student training or coursework related to CRT. The trainings can be targeted, such as new requirement for a major department, or school-wide, the website reads, the trainings can also vary in form. The website cites that 38 of the schools in the database have offered books, articles, talks from authors Robin D'Angelo, oh my God, Ibram Kendi, whose books include White Fragility and How to Be an Anti-Racist. Jacobson said these authors' books call for discrimination. Of course, he's 100% correct. How come the medical schools aren't handing out American Marxism? Because they're promoting American Marxism. That's why. Because this is what they do. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Five percent in. Thirty-two percent McCormick. Twenty-three percent Oz. Kathy Barnett, 19.8%. There it is. Just 5% of the vote in. Mr. Producer, let's jump into the gene pool. To whom shall I speak? XM Satellites, Columbia, South Carolina. Reggie, how are you, Reggie? Hey, how's it going, man? Very well. All right. Um, I heard you comment on something about, you know, was like LGBT and the corruption of our kids in the education, how they're trying to teach and train our children about gender identity. And if you're born, right. a, you know, for, for those who feel that they're in the wrong body, you know, right. and I blame all of this on, our, on, on former President Obama, you know, for him signing that bill to have Jerry and Sam get married. Now, all of this is being backed up by well, the... Well, did he sign that bill, or did the Supreme Court do that? Well, hey, he pushed it. Him and his wife pushed it. Now, here our country is being corrupt by this whole system. And this Black Lives Matter organization is a corrupt organization from the jump. If you go to their website and click on the About and read what they're about, it's not, it's saying something totally different. Tell me, how many black communities have they gone into to help? 
since the summer of 2020 in the riots? None. As far as I see, none. None. Listen, I'm a former employee of the Richland County Detention Center. When they had a big riot down here because of the George Floyd situation, they locked a lot of people up. And I'm telling people as they come in, what the heck are you riding for? George Floyd never been here in South Carolina. That's their issue. Why are you tearing up your own property? It's senseless. Totally mm. senseless. And I agree All right, with you my call. friend. Well, I want to thank you for your call very much. Very much appreciate it. Mr. Producer, who's next? Yeah. XM Satellite, Lisa in Missouri, the show me state. Don't show me, Lisa. How are you? Go right ahead. Well, if it's me that's on here, I'm actually from Montana. I'm from Carbon County, Montana. Well, we were close. They begin with M. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, the reason why I'm calling is our county, our clerk, our county commissioners and election administrator did a demo, dog and pony show, of how our DS-200 ES&S machine, we noticed that the seals that are on the interior right, machine... I can't get into specific cases, not because I'm trying to be rude, because I don't know what we're talking about, and neither does the rest of the country. So I want to get to the next caller, Mr. Producer. Go ahead. Waynesboro, Virginia. Gary, XM, how are you? Just fine, Mark. Great to hear you on the phone Thank again. Uh, it's been Thank a long you. time. Hey, uh, my daughter's been teaching in Fairfax County for 11 years. And uh, last year when they got presented with this uh, this idiot Kendi book, you know, she's a STEM facilitator in her, in her particular school. And... Uh, Right. Her and five other teachers took those books and took them all up to the principal's office and shove it. And I uh, said, so that's, that's not a part of my curriculum. And uh, so all five of them have signed their resignations. And my daughter's. Wait, wait, wait. Back. All five had to resign? No, they didn't have to resign. They all resigned on their own. Oh, my At goodness. At the end of the school year, they're not coming back. So they're going to be short a lot of teachers. And uh, and so my daughter's going back to school to get her uh, to where she can become a uh, administrator, so this so she could say that I, this crap is not going to ever happen again. I'm not. She said I want to see this anymore. She had enough of Fairfax County, and she's from Waynesboro, Virginia, and she's going to Virginia Tech to get her doctorate. So. There you mm-hmm. go. Isn't enough. it terrible, though? These kids are still going to learn this stuff. It's amazing that these radicals and their books are pushed in all these schools. It's just incredible how they've devoured our society. Yeah, but I, I used to visit her in her class. And I used to have a great I got a great story to tell you that. I'll let someone else get on the line. I would go visit her and... Uh, and when I come into the classroom, this is my dad. All the kids come up and want me to sign an autograph. I'm just going, for what? Isn't that nice? <laughs> I'm sitting there going, I'll tell you what, made my damn day. But uh, That's wonderful. Mark, thanks, 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 All right, man. Sounds great. Let's keep moving, Mr. Producer. Who's next? 
8.70 a.m., The Answer, the great KRLA, where we're live and national. Bill, how are you, sir? Oh, Mr. Levin, it is a pleasure to speak with you. Hey, um, I'll get right to it because I know you got time issues, but uh, hey, um, this whole thing with the masks and the Italian study is refreshing uh, to hear more evidence coming out against masks. I work in an industry, uh, milling and mining industry, uh, dust control, where we have to wear masks or we die. Uh, it's just that simple because uh, right. we could be exposed to fine particle dust and silicosis. Masks not only concentrate... Um, and, and this is any kind of cloth mask. There is no cloth mask that will protect you from COVID or any other virus. Masks uh, in, in the medical field are made for bacteria. And basically, the, the, the ratio in size is, is, is akin to a chain link fence and a bee. And every once in a while, a bee... All right, my friend. I wish we had your earlier. I apologize. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel, truckers. And, of course, our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. We'll talk about what happens in Pennsylvania tomorrow, folks. Be well and God bless.